0: Welcome everybody, this is Natalie. And this is Tiffany. And we're your hosts of Wisterhood, a podcast by Women in Science Portland. We created Wisterhood to be our community of support for women in science and their allies. And today, we are talking about the new huge climate spending bill that just got passed recently. So, okay. Do you want to make your disclaimer now (laughs) before I forget?
1: Yeah. So my disclaimer, everyone, I apologize. Um, For those of you who have children, you'll appreciate it. I am home with my four-year-old and my husband was supposed to be back from work, but yay for the infrastructure bill. There's construction all over (laughs) and he hasn't made it back. So to keep my child happy, and I rarely do this, he gets like one hour of screen time a week. We're not crazy or anything. He just mentally responds very intensely to screen time so um he's already gotten that this week so he's pretty excited he's on pbs kids uh like games or whatever so when you hear like ding ding that's you can hear it there maybe <laughs> so that's my disclaimer everyone i apologize for it
0: yeah and it's no worries at all um i think it's like we we keep it real on the pod as the kids say <laughs> um so
1: So, you know, when you, when you sent me this, the notes, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard like all this stuff about the climate bill, the climate bill. And what was hilarious is I started like looking through things because I was like, oh, the CHIP Act. Oh, this what? And I was like, wait, which one was it? And then I saw your IRA. And then I was like, what? Like IRA and the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Like it feels like I wonder if they renamed it as inflation was high so that if anyone votes against it, it's like they're against reducing inflation, which is just painful right now,
0: right? Right. No, um, no. And totally. Like, I feel like I've been seeing like social media posts about like how it's like less bad than we think it is and like stuff like that. So I wanted to sort of take this opportunity to be like, what is actually in the bill? why Mm -hmm. are some people happy about it why are some people still like there's still a lot of work that needs to be done and like sort of talk through that because I feel like before this I did not have the time or energy to like figure out what was actually happening (laughs) totally
1: yeah I I understand that too so yeah what were your first thoughts
0: yeah so I think just like yeah totally so to like give people like to start from level one Um, the Inflation Reduction Act, there are things about it that I think are supposed to reduce inflation, but there's also, like, a crop ton of funding that's supposed to go towards, like, more sustainably being able to change our energy infrastructure and things like that, um, so that we can sort of cope with climate change, um, Mm -hmm. So the goals of the bill are threefold. Um, The first to decrease um, carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases emitted. Um, Two to make climate change less impactful, um, especially on the most disadvantaged populations, where already like that's it's you know a huge problem. And three to make the U.S. um, an industrial center of the clean tech revolution. And so this is this I. Blatantly ripped from, um, Hank Green's like Vlogbrothers video about this bill. Um, because why do your own research when you can have the person who created Crash Course do it for you? And then there's
1: those random pieces which are like not related to climate, which are like reducing you know, uh, prescription costs for those on social security and out of pocket expenses or maxes, um, which you know probably should help with inflation. But I'm excited to dig in on these climate pieces for sure
0: yeah totally and i think um um a lot of the money is going down to things like renewable clean energy things like wind and solar um nuclear energy and then there's like stuff that you know will that could you know impact people's daily lives things like you know money to help people update their appliances so that people aren't reliant on natural gas which apparently see i don't know these things Natural gas costs apparently fluctuate more than electricity. And the idea is if we update our electricity grid to be more clean, we want people to be switching to that instead. Um, And then also tax credits on electric vehicles. I don't know if you saw, like today, California passed a bill that was like, we're not going to let people sell anything that's not an electric vehicle by 2030 or something like that.
1: Uh, that's been in the works for some time, actually. So I feel like there's there's two things that I love about what you just said. One is we had to buy a new appliance recently. Our I think a lot of people I heard during the pandemic appliances went out, and our oven did. And we we have gas. We have a gas line that comes into our house. Um, but you know we did do a lot of research, and we found that especially in the Portland area, there was a lot of encouragement before these credits came out to switch to electricity could. But for me, I was like, oh, I cook so much. I really don't want like a traditional electric stove. Um, and we got induction, which is, you know, really it's quite, it's not as cheap as the other options, but it works so well. And we really love it. And when I saw this in the bill, I was like, oh, we missed it. But the other thing I was trying to like, like you said, let's talk about the good and the bad. And I was like, I'm going to dig in on this. This couldn't be good for everyone. Right. I was like, what about people who are renting? Right. And I was like, so are landlords really going to go out of their way to buy, you know, something more energy efficient or more energy friendly. And then I was like, well, they're not going to buy gas. So darn. Yeah, they probably will. They'll just get an old traditional electric stove and still maybe get a credit. So, or if they had gas, they might pull gas out and put electric in. Um, so I was like, okay, no, that one just shot it down. But, um, that yeah I'm pretty excited about that I think it really can make a difference especially when you think about people who might knowing the prices of gas stoves versus induction people who are interested in gas they might go to induction if they can save um you know a good chunk of money on it because they aren't cheap
0: yeah and I think like totally like re-renting and like problems when you don't own the house that you live in or like apartment or wherever um yeah i think like there's always going to be ways that people will try to get around it um but um i do think that like you're saying like it it will be cheaper sort of in the long run um and so that's good and i've also been getting like all these youtube ads about like switching your house to solar um which so
1: that's crazy too though, right? Because in Oregon, in particular the Portland area, our sun exposure apparently is such that for a while we've had federal and state money to really subsidize transitioning. And we also looked at that um while we were updating some other everything went out in our house. Folks, when you buy a house, especially in this market, it was a while back that we got this one, but literally everything fell apart. Our furnace, our if our furnace caught fire, our Air conditioning that we had went out anyway. So we had to replace oh so when we were doing that, we're like, maybe we can go to solar, right? But here's the crappy thing that needs to be considered, and this is hard. This has nothing to do with this bill, but for the future of climate and, and transitioning, we need to talk about it, which is some roofs aren't the right shape for solar panels. Mm. So we have try we have a very triangular roof. So we can't get that many solar panels on because they're rectangular. Right. So I really hope and I don't know that this bill will do anything about it. I couldn't read enough about it, but I'm like, man, I've seen commercials for like multiple triangular tiles that can small ones that fit together to form a bigger one. But I haven't seen them as something that people can buy in a normal home at this point. So I'm like, it will be interesting. It's great. But there is going to be some limits on the kind of people and homes and buildings that can do that.
0: So, yeah. And I mean, the yeah. idea is like, hopefully, right, like a lot of Portland gets their electricity from the Bonneville Dam. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully, like, even if you yourself cannot install solar panels, like at least your electricity source will be cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: we, we, there's the uh, opt-in for renewable energies that you can get through PGE. Um, what's hard about that too, though, it, and it's not hard. I mean, we're, we're doing great. We're very lucky people, but we got a smart thermostat when we updated. So when there's peak energy hours, when it's really hot out, it will automatically, you know, reduce the air conditioning in our house and let it get to the eighties or something like that for a couple hours in the late evening. Um, which of course, a lot of people would probably be like, why have air conditioning if you can't use it when it's so intense? But mm-hmm. it's actually like, well, it's actually cooling off outside. It's not that bad. And I do feel good about taking the wear off the grid because they find that, you know, this is how we avoid having to um what are they? Um what's the word conserve energy, but not, conserving is the wrong word because we are conserving, but you know how they have to do rolling blackouts sometimes in certain places because they can't overload the grid
0: yeah Um,
1: we'll put too much electricity going through the wires because that's how sparks happen so Mm -hmm. yeah anyways well solar would be good because it would be nice to um, be providing energy more locally but uh there's also the challenge that most solar energy doesn't actually in your own home it goes back out into the grid too so yeah yeah
0: yeah and I mean also like I know my parents were also thinking about solar recently and they were just saying that like there isn't, like, a really centralized, like, way to f- learn, understand more about, like, how, what technology there currently exists, and, like, what too pie in the sky, and what really is, like, a doable system, and I think that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, it it's just, it's hard to know, like, what the options are, and also how quickly the technology is changing, because it's, like, you know, with, for example, the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, like, I'm sure that there's going to be incentivized opportunities for more innovation in things like solar. So it's just like the technology is changing such that it's hard to jump on board.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, or you're, you don't want to, especially for people who struggle, especially, you know, those who are struggling financially right now and those who are like just middle-class normal folks who are like, you know, middle-class, we're trying to make it work. Um, And we're here and we're lucky, but, uh, you know, I feel like how can you do it affordably? If you get in too early, you're Mm -hmm. like, it's going to be way too expensive, but then if you get in too late, maybe it actually gets more, I, you know, it's just hard to decide. Um, the thing that I, I'm curious if this bill includes, and I didn't find it very quickly was I'm curious if there's money for, um, home storage of energy, right, so people who do have solar, or people who do have, you know, any wind, um, anything like that, if there's ways of storing that energy, Um, I know, I know Tesla was working on, like, a home battery that people could charge in their home, Um, and I, I don't know where that's at, I don't know if, yeah, I'm curious about that,
0: too. Yeah, and also, like, speaking of electric vehicles and Tesla, like, I don't know, I feel like the, corner of twitter that i'm on is like very anti-elon musk so like i (laughs) am just seeing like the worst of tesla but like is it good like does it work do we think i think it's
1: so funny tesla is one of those like we i've had this conversation with uh, my husband and a lot of other people but i feel like some of the most creative innovative folks in the world ever in history are the strangest yeah. least likable people ever, right? And sometimes they're great, but you hear, and I feel like that's who Elon Musk is, right? Like you're like, I would not like you. You would not like me, right? But um it's yeah, I I hear that for sure. Um I do think they've pushed the market forward though, right? I, I don't think the concept of electric vehicle was really I mean it would probably be happening, but you think about like Chevy, they really tried it with the Volt at first and they really tried it like, but it just nothing was really capturing those like people who wanna drive a pretty car or whatever. Um, but I was out in Bend this weekend and I've, I haven't seen this, but I've heard it happens. I saw a broken down Tesla.
0: <laughs> and I was
1: like, oh man, that's too bad. And it had a ticket because it was like parked in a bad spot. And I saw the person like arguing with the like cop who gave him a ticket. It's like, it's broken down and the tow truck was there. And um, it was just funny though. Cause I'm like, well,
0: I guess Tesla doesn't always work
1: or maybe it was out of charge. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Right. Something, something about like Tesla driver trying to get out of a ticket does not inspire I know. the most. It was really, funny. <laughs> it was, and it was like,
1: I mean, an older man, we sure. were near a golf course. We were driving past a golf course. Mm-hmm. So it just, it made me laugh a little. I definitely had a little chuckle. Yeah. And when I first saw it parked, I didn't see the, um, it was very illegally parked. Right. And I mm-hmm. didn't see the tow truck. So I thought it was just some jerk Maybe he still was. Yeah. Uh, just parking where he felt like parking, like classic Tesla guy, like just parking where he wants. Um, not really though. I know a lot of nice people who own Teslas. Actually, a lot of great early adopters of green energy too. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. If you as a listener own a Tesla or know of people who own you. Teslas, we want to know
1: what's your opinion. I hope all of you own Tesla. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, that would be better for the earth, right?
0: But. yeah and I mean I honestly like we've had our we've had a Prius for like the past at least 10 years if not yeah. more at this point and yeah. we are like diehard hybrid fans um yeah you know again like you know it, it is not the most cheap option but it really does save you so much money in the long run um, especially yeah. when like genuinely totally. we average 50 miles a gallon yeah
1: totally so it's we like we have a Prius also, one of our, we have a hybrid RAV and a hybrid Prius and uh, we got the Prius in 2007. It was the first car I ever bought for myself. When I got out of college, I got my first job and bought a car cause I, you know, thought I was special. And then the recession hit, boom. <laughs> and I was like, I can't afford this car, but, and it was expensive, right? Like the Prius, when I got it, it was, I mean, it was not cheap. Um, But I remember I did a lot of driving for my job, like a ton. And I was, I was driving at least 90 miles to and from work, if not a little more sometimes, just because I worked, I worked up in Whatcom County, um, in Washington and things are just far away from each other. Like I I had to go from multiple locations anyways. Um, (laughs) they didn't reimburse my miles back then, but, um, anyways, it, I got great gas mileage. We still, we still get like 47. We don't usually get over 50, but we get 47 pretty consistently. And I mean, it's almost 20 years old, right? Like it's going to be a 20 year old car. It's over 200,000 miles. It still goes. It did have its catalytic converter stolen and that nice little ring that got busted. Mm-hmm. High five to those of you who busted those <laughs> thieves. Cause man, that was an expensive thing to replace. We do have insurance that covered part, most of it, but it was still it was a pain in the rear. Um, but yeah, like it's been such a great car. I do wish that in this electric world we hope to move to hybrids do have a special place where it's like, shouldn't all cars maybe have just a very small gasoline backup that maybe you can only go 20, but it could get you to the next, you know, charging station. Um, Yeah. I wonder if that will be something that comes along or if they'll just be so reliable and, you know, so easy to plug in places that they can do that. But who knows? Yeah. High five for hybrids. But yeah, I'm sure their days are numbered, (laughs) too.
0: Yeah, I think like like I think you're so right that like as things become more ubiquitous, like you should just be able to like go to Fred Meyers or whatever. (laughs) um which is you know would be ideal um
1: I do oh you mentioned the money savings though I wanted like I can say that yeah when I bought that sticker price I was like oh my god that's so awful right like it's so bad I mean I didn't think that at first but then I figured it out (laughs) as I paid for it but I saved so much in gas and I feel like especially now like when you fill up and you're still under $40, sometimes under $30, you're like, oh, and I'm still going to get like 300 miles out of this tank, right? You, it really has paid for itself at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, talk about the inflation reduction car. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah instead yeah. of the act, sure. everybody just get a hybrid now. All <laughs> yeah, right. 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 I know I've been seeing I
1: saw stuff for um, electric vehicles, but I didn't see anything for hybrids. Yeah, I, like I think that like it's over. It's kind of like bicycle rides and birds on everything. It's just over.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's like I mean, it, it, like ideally we want to accelerate to like yeah, yeah. where we would want to be. So it's like yeah, understand. totally.
1: I get that too. I'm teasing, but um, yeah. So one thing I am curious about, and I'm wondering how much reading you did on it because I haven't really is um giving money to incubation centers can you tell me more about that
0: yeah so like basically um what I saw about it was that like basically in funding clean energy research a lot of it um will go to what they call incubation centers but are really just like like universities that are partnering with community organizations um with the sort of acknowledgement that like depending locally where you are the solutions will have to be slightly different um right because it's like community-based yeah exactly which i thought was like the right move and it's nice to like mm-hmm. be able to sort of decentralize money that would otherwise be going to like i don't know like harvard or wherever um yeah and like you know yeah. it's i
1: I, I love that idea too. And it's so funny. I work in an organization that we are funded by this decentralized type money situation. Nice. Um, the Oregon STEM Hubs, I work for the Portland Metro STEM Hub. They're funded through, if y'all remember Oracle a long time ago when we went live with public, um, you know, healthcare options, um, Oracle just dropped, dropped the ball and they had to give the state of Oregon a ton of money. But the agreement in the settlement was that a big portion of the money would be provided for STEM education and things and healthcare and stuff like that. And so they created, we've had the STEM network and the STEM network through grants that we write to ODE and other groups, we get that Oracle money that funnels into us, which is great. But the challenge with this, trying to feed it out is how long it takes to get to the community. So I hope, and I doubt this is Let's be real. Nothing ever gets easier in government. It doesn't seem, but it's always hard to get that money into the hands of people to use it fast enough. And let me clarify that. It's not like I want someone to give me, I'll give (laughs) the scenario. I'm not going to give specific names or numbers, but let's just say if there's an entity that gives you money and they come to you today and say, Hey, I'm going to give you $739,000 for some research. And you're like, Oh, okay. And they're like, well, I can't cut the check until November and it needs to be spent by May. And you're like, wait a minute, like all of it needs to be spent. Like, I can't, can I reserve contractors with that? Like, yeah, you can, but you won't have the money until, you know, December and maybe January. And we would like the work to be like finished in the year. So you can give us the summary of how the money was spent. And you're like, this is not possible. Right. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I hope that's not how these, I hope it's not grant, I hope it's just, like, you're doing great research, we're head, we're sending it your way, but I'm sure that's not how it will be. I'm sure, I, ho- I hope it's not all grant money that they have to apply for. Yeah, I'm and not I'm sure, sure that, it.
0: like, yeah, like, I have no idea about the nitty-gritty on, like, what the fine print is, but it's, like, yeah, like, even with academic grants normally, like, not attached to any bill, but just, like, through things like the NIH, like, if you don't use the money at the end of the fiscal year, you lose it, um yeah Yeah, always yeah and so like I yeah hopefully like that isn't the case um but something says to me that (laughs) there's got to be strings attached
1: oh yeah I'm sure I'm sure and that's probably some of the savings like they expect we're gonna provide this much money but if it is in grants they're like but we'll get back this much right Mm -hmm. but at least we said we'd give it um yeah that's pretty funny well what about what does the bill not do that you figured out
0: yeah, so like sort of on like a like if we think about like efforts towards making climate climate change livable, um you could do two things. You can make clean energy easier or you could make fossil fuels more expensive. So what this bill does is the first thing and not the second thing. Um so fossil fuels are getting off really light on this one. Is anybody surprised absolutely not but it doesn't make fossil fuels more expensive um there are like a, s- a couple small things it does like there are sometimes um methane leaks um as like natural gas gets transported across like geographical areas and that's like you know emitting things into the atmosphere and so it'll penalize that it'll also um bring back something called a super fund tax so it's just like when polluters do something bad they have to like pay money into this like super fund that is money that goes towards clean energy um but that i feels
1: mean like with all the huge oil spills and things like that too like those yeah you should probably have to it's like a penalty like bad job you need a penalty because you didn't take care of this responsibly.
0: Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it really felt like for a while there we were, like, having oil spills left, right, and center.
1: Yeah, It well, I mean, you got to think of the different, there's certain administrations that were very tolerant to it, and there were certain um, rollbacks that happened that really kind of allowed that to happen, and then they come back on and come back off, and it's hard when you have to, I'm glad we get a new president every four years or the opportunity to have a new president every four years. But when you do have constant change, it's like, it makes it really hard to have regulations that hold up. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I found interesting, like that, obviously the bill doesn't do and Americans hate it. They hate the idea. I don't know why. Um, but the idea of like carbon tax or carbon, um, economy, like trading carbon for businesses, um, I think like, it's so interesting because I find the idea of a carbon industry or carbon trading for industry in particular, really interesting. Like I, I I think who doesn't like, an why wouldn't a capitalist like the idea of a brand new market you can get into, or like even companies, if you can go green and if you can do it successfully, you can make money on that, right? You get to sell your, your Stock and carbon, really. You're like, oh, you want to be a polluter? Yeah, you can buy my carbon, and that's fine. We don't need it. Um, so, I mean, I, there's a lot more details in that, but I, I kind of wish we could start making jumps to that. And I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? These like sticks of we will penalize you if you are you mess up or these kind of things. Like, okay, but I like the idea of a carrot. Like, we have mm-hmm. a better idea. You want to make more money? This is how you can do it, right? but especially because we know other places would buy it like there's yeah. gonna be some places that would have to buy carbon
0: because they're it off it totally and I think like also like the thing that's great about a carbon tax is that like I mean ideally and it like you know would really probably depend on the industry but like ideally the cost doesn't get passed on to the consumer as directly as like the way that like the vast majority of what gas prices are like in the u.s or because of like gasoline taxes not the actual you know? yeah
1: well because carbon i mean carbon is so interesting too because you think the massive and i wish i had the numbers on this i didn't pull it up but from my recollection the large majority of emissions in the world isn't us driving cars. It's not, I mean, it, it will help if none of us drove cars, right? Mm-hmm. It's not us using gas stoves. It will help if we stop doing that, but yeah. it really is industry and their transportation of goods yeah. and their um, you know, production of goods, all those different things along the supply chain. And you think if you could get industry to actually reduce their carbon and be able to make more money on that, um, it would happen so far down the supply chain that yeah like it would trickle down somewhere right in the cost of goods or things like that but not for the companies that are saving money or like making more money right that are actually making a profit they could actually lower the cost of their goods technically speaking and outcompete others um if we really want i don't really think trickle down economics actually works that well <laughs> when it comes to a lot of things but i haven't seen it hold up consistently but I do feel like, or the cost concept of trickle down. um, I do think when a company can save um, costs and increase their profit and then want to take out a competitor, they can drop those prices and take out their competitor. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any companies start picking up on like, okay, wait a minute, if we could actually, but it won't happen. We don't have a carbon, (laughs) we don't have a carbon trade, so it won't happen yet. But um, I think it could.
0: Yeah. I and wondering. I think, it, you know, it's also like you think about it's like, OK, yeah, like you hear that the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't penalize fossil fuel companies at all. And you're like, that's bad. The other side of the argument really is that, like, it's, you know, the people who would feel like the a disproportionate burden from things like gasoline prices being higher are people who like people like you. 20 years ago you know like people who would have had to drive really far for their jobs like Mm -hmm. the American public has suffered enough like let's not do this yeah and particularly I do agree with that too Um, yeah
1: and I I think it it would be nice to have the least painful transition right like we don't need any I agree I we don't need anyone just hating on um on green energy because you know the gas pump is so expensive right Right. that's like i mean it will definitely deter people but it's going to hurt those who are probably the most in need of some savings too when you think about people who don't have a hybrid people who didn't go out and buy the newest car because they you know are just getting the best car they can get for whatever amount of money they can um i do hope though when the prices get high it's so hard right because then you see people who go out and buy cars that like legitimately are harming the environment pretty severely and and paying huge amounts at the pump um which I guess yeah some people need it for work so I'll write it off as that um but yeah so I see another, another funny comment here on the notes that I'll let you go into
0: <laughs> yeah so Joe Mansion, what a piece of work Jesus Christ so <laughs> he is um <laughs> Democratic in name only. Uh, yeah, he
1: feels like he has control of everything
0: in some ways, right? Yeah. I, at this point, he might as well just be the goddamn president. Like <laughs> that and lot people of people can by them. me
1: <laughs> It's worse than the president though, because the president can't actually really say, like, laws will only I mean they can with a veto. So let me rephrase: like they could always veto. But um, when it comes to, like, what's going to go into a bill, there's no line item veto, right? The the president does not get to do that. So if only, um, not really, though, because anyways, the coin always flips. But Manchin pretty much has line item veto. Like, he goes through this and he's like, not this, not this, not this. But you send that one to me and I'll sign it. And it's just unfair.
0: (laughs) so yeah no and it's so annoying too also because like he's like was obviously one of the biggest opponents of the bill but because he like is getting special treatment because he is the like clog in the drain um he like has his name on the bill yeah like and it's like he does not get to claim credit for any of this bullshit Um,
1: you know the thing that makes me sad too though is that like I mean, I'm not saying give Joe a break, but like really the fact that we can't get any Republicans to be reasonable enough to get on something like this is probably a larger problem in my opinion, because I feel like, again, this is, there are economic arguments for this. I was looking up a lot of different groups and I feel like a lot of places um, are endorsing this and are pretty, you know, happy about it or neutral. There's a couple of places are like, this is going to cost jobs or it's going to reduce GDP. And it kind of reminds me of what we were saying with like investing in a hybrid where it's like, yeah, up front, it can sometimes, right? It doesn't always depends on when you hit the market, depends on how it lands and what your income, all these different things. So you don't know exactly how it's going to land, but in the long run, it does save money, right? It does reduce the deficit. Um, And that's, you know, with a lot of the other things in in this bill that we haven't talked about, but there is a lot of savings. And as someone who I do, and I said this in the last podcast, fiscally conservative, but I couldn't say it the right way. (laughs) I I believe in spending money when we need to spend money, especially to help our fellow Americans and to make sure that, you know, and, and people abroad who need our support, Um, But I do think you shouldn't just run up a deficit to run up a deficit. I don't feel like we should spend on our credit card just to spend and know, well, I'm allowed to have a balance. Like, I do have a balance, P.S., because I don't (laughs) know many people who don't. But you don't just do it to do it because you can. You want to be smart about it. So I feel like I do like the reduction. And I would think that you could get some conservatives on board with that, but not anymore, Um, which is too bad. It has to be so split like that it feels yeah. very uncommon sense
0: yeah it's uh, yeah it's concerning I, hmm, let's not get into the state of the gs <laughs> at this point
1: yeah right oh, but while, while we're ragging on mansion i feel like it's worth saying like it's not his fault he has to suck right <laughs> it's like republicans won't come on board i mean he he could still be difficult if we he could be whoever he wants if we could get <laughs> one person from Maine or Alaska or some or Utah or anywhere to just come on board and say you know what I'll ride along this ship you know but you no,
0: know, yeah no it's, it's it's quite disappointing um but so though so Joe Manchin did not was like people didn't think that this was gonna pass because Joe Manchin was the Mm -hmm. vote that was necessary to get it to pass. And he like had all these stipulations. And so he basically unilaterally got to decide that part of the bill allows like oil leases in Alaska to get restarted. And it also prevents like part of his stipulations was that like, um, presidents for the next something like 10 years can't ban, um, oil drilling on federal lands and i mean i think ultimately like compared to the sheer size of the rest of the bill like is it gonna be catastrophic his impact hopefully not um but what it is is just like a it's a really gross symbol of like how know this is not how things should be done like this is not how it works um yeah it's
1: not how it was supposed to or how we thought it was supposed to work right i feel like everyone always forgets that we're a representative democracy we're not like we don't have a parliament right we don't have we're not we're different um (laughs) what kill what hurts me about what you're saying too, hearing that is like he's not from alaska yeah (laughs) so you're not from alaska they want this to have like that's that's definitely not how it's supposed to work, right? But I get that people get on the same teams and they work together and are against each other, but that just it feels really like icky. And then I mean, the drilling on federal lands. I think what um, bothers me about that is I think about um, you know all the pipeline issues that have been coming up. With like, I wonder what the nitty gritty of this is like no drilling on federal lands but what about like carrying the oil through other people's lands or up above you know like our reservations or native folks properties
0: and you also just wonder like what could have been in the bill if joe Manchin wasn't like the way he is you know like we talk about like ultimately oil companies should be held accountable for the damage that they have done um Mm -hmm and this bill like largely ignores them and so it's just like you know and joe Manchin being from west virginia um which is you know where a lot of like non-sustainable energy sources are based like with the coal industry and things like it's just you just sort of wonder like what it could have been but yeah there but you know ultimately there are a lot of reasons to be happy about what is going down and i think I've definitely seen a lot of people on social media being like you know experts are for like finally after you know 20 plus years feeling yeah hopeful. um and I think that that's mm-hmm. like something that we can hang our hat on and be like okay like it it could be fine <laughs>
1: yeah I, we, I was reading an article that was like everyone clap we haven't passed real environmental reform since the 80s right like yeah. Like, you should be, that's a lot, like, that's as old, That's older than I am in some cases, right? And I feel like, yeah, that's really true. And it does give you hope that some stuff could move forward, right? Um, Or that good strides happen even while there's lots of backstepping. Yeah. Um, you hope that it's, like, 10 steps forward and, like, three steps back.
0: Right. Totally. And I think it's also, like, another important thing to remember about the bill is that, like, it really is huge like it's gigantic and there's so many things that we didn't talk about that this bill does do and there a lot of them are like random stuff that Mm -hmm. it's like okay i think something like the postal service is gonna start running more on electricity okay like great like you know lots of like things that a lot of money will get spent on that doesn't like fall under a a large umbrella that we can really talk about in like 40 minutes or whatever but like yeah
1: i mean yeah. I did encourage anyone to like Google, right? Like Google the bill, the IRA with not to be confused with the ERA, which should have passed a million years ago. and never did. <laughs> um, but look it up and check out those little pieces because there are things in there that is surprisingly, maybe not even related to climate. And you're like, wow, that will actually help me and my family, or it might help someone I care about. So, yep it's pretty, it's a pretty cool piece of legislation when you think about the environment we're in. So that's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. Oh my God. It's shocking actually that we got anything done
1: in the year. The build back better (laughs) happened, right? It had a little, we built back a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that should be Biden's if, I don't know if he's going to reelect, right. He's like, I know he's quite old, but, um, he should be like, we'll build back a lot better <laughs> or more better. I, I think people like bad um, grammar these days when they're voting. So like build back more, better,
0: build yeah. back more, better. That'll be the name. I of feel like, like I feel like he
1: could get some votes that didn't go for him. If he's like, build back more, better. Right. But I mean, leave the stickers and like email the Biden campaign and be like, we're ready
0: yeah <laughs> this is it You're 2024
1: this is what moment. you're gonna do do you have anything else to say before we uh, to sign off uh
0: no Um, there are reasons to be hopeful what a yay and that's it for today's podcast thank you so much for listening to Wisterhood make sure to subscribe so you'll know when we drop more episodes and comment so more folks can find us Or just tell people about us. That's the best way to spread the word. And tell us your stories or ask questions you'd like answered on the pod. You can email us at podcast at womeninsciencepdx.org. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, special thanks to Homo Kostroyani, who designed our awesome cover art. So before we sign off, we wanted to give you three easy ways that you can support Women in Science Portland. Number one. If you have Instagram, go to at women in science PDX and follow us. And here's the thing. You have to make sure to like all of our most recent posts so that the algorithm knows you wanna see this content. It's dumb, it's silly, here we are. Instagram's algorithm recently went through a change where you might not even see all the posts who, that have been posted by the people you follow. So that way you can stay on top of all the new events, blog posts, and podcast episodes that we worked so hard to put together for the community. So make sure you do stay plugged into uh, what is happening with WispDX if you are on social media. The second thing you can do is just subscribe to this podcast so that you automatically get updates when we do release episodes. That way you don't have to keep checking every two weeks when we release them. And the third thing you can do if you feel comfortable and have the resources to donate to our nonprofit, head to org slash donate. Your money goes straight to things like our high demand scholarships for low-income schools and educators and honorariums for negotiation bootcamp instructors and speakers. Welcome everybody. This is Natalie. This is Tiffany. And we're your hosts of Wisterhood, a podcast by Women in Science Portland. We created Wisterhood to be our community of support for women in science and their allies. And today, we're here to talk about what it means to be a difficult woman, and specifically, a difficult woman in STEM. Welcome, everybody. This is Natalie. This is Tiffany. And we're your hosts of Wisterhood, a podcast by Women in Science Portland. We created Wisterhood to be our community of support for women in science and their allies. And today, we're here to talk about what it means to be a difficult woman, and specifically, a difficult woman in STEM. Welcome, everybody. This is Natalie. This is Tiffany. And we're your hosts of Wisterhood, a podcast by Women in Science Portland we created Wisterhood to be our community of support for women in science and their allies. And today, we're here to talk about what it means to be a difficult woman, and specifically, a difficult woman in STEM.